Today, we're diving into the custom wedding gown and alterations process. Whether you're newly engaged and on the hunt for the perfect gown, or you've already said yes to the dress and now need to start the alterations process, you're definitely going to want to listen to today's episode with my very sweet and special guest. So grab your favorite beverage, set your cruise control in the car, because we are giving you a VIP backstage pass to the world of wedding gowns. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, and today we're talking about custom wedding gowns with our very special guest. So today's guest is Sarah Colas, and she is a custom gown designer in Novi, Michigan. Sarah spends her days designing custom couture gowns and altering wedding dresses. She is also the host of the podcast Dressing Up with Sarah Colas and holds a BFA from Michigan State University and an MSM from Walsh College Guys, definitely check out her podcast. It's so much fun. Please help me welcome Sarah to the show. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Can't wait to chat with you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay, so I love starting each episode, getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the interview. I read your bio at the top of the episode, but can you just tell our listeners more about you, how you got started, and what brought you to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. So I am Sarah Colas. I am based in Metro Detroit, Michigan. I design and alter bridal gowns and I live and breathe all things dresses and feminine energy and sewing all day, every day. I absolutely love it. It is my dream job. It's something I've always wanted to do. I always say I could operate a sewing machine before I could write my own name. So I was very, very young when I got started and I opened the business in 2012 when I discovered that people were willing to pay money for my sewing. And it's just incredible that I was able to turn my hobby into a career. And I married my high school sweetheart in 2019. We have two cats and life is good. I'm living the dream. That is so much fun. You know, the funny thing is I actually, when we first, so I'm from the Philippines, when we first moved to the States, I grew up in Michigan. So in Farmington Hills, in slash Livonia. And so like right by there. So I'm like, I think I pronounced Novi correctly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. What a small world. Okay. So I'm excited to get started with you. So let's just dive in. Custom couture wedding dresses. I'm so excited. So let's say someone listening has just gotten engaged and is on the hunt for her wedding dress. When do you recommend they start the search for their wedding gown? Very good question. So I would say as soon as possible slash right after you book your venue. So you have your wedding date. You know, you've narrowed down the style of your wedding to some extent. Like, is it going to be a backyard wedding or is it going to be this huge black tie affair? That's going to affect what style of dress you pick. So I would say right after you book the venue, go ahead and get started. But if you want an even more narrowed down answer, I would say about a year before the wedding is the sweet spot. So anything even further out from one year is great. You're early. Anything a little bit less than a year, that's still totally fine. And you can still have plenty of options. But I would say about a year before the wedding. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, I mean, I always loved growing up. I always loved looking at wedding dresses anyways. So it was just fun to fantasize. But I agree with you. I think once you get the venue finalized, so again, you have a date so you can work backwards and then also pinning down more the style of wedding, how formal it's going to be, the location where you're going to be, air conditioning, not air conditioning, all that kind of stuff. I think it's a really, really good point. Let's talk a little bit about designers which there are even more designers, I feel like, out there. There's the big names, but there's also so many amazing wedding dress designers, including you. So it can be hard for people to kind of even pin down what direction they want to go in, what designer they want to have for their wedding. So how do you recommend people kind of narrow down that field of finding a dress designer or finding the right dress, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So my, my personal opinion would be to care less about, care a little bit less about the designer of the dress and more so about the dress itself. So when you're shopping for all your regular everyday clothes, I'm sure you have particular brands that you love that fit you well. They always have your style, but with wedding dresses, you're buying it one time. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say to look for the designers necessarily, unless, you know, you really, you found one on Pinterest and you just love all of their dresses, then for sure find a dress shop that carries that designer and then you can try those on. But what I will say is do a lot of research ahead of dress shopping. I hear so often I could, I could talk on and on about this topic, but there is such thing as dress regret. So you buy the dress and like six months later, you go to pick it up and all of a sudden you don't like it anymore, blah, 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 blah. Usually right after alterations are done, those feelings come back and you love it all over again, which is great. But what I hear all the time is that people go dress shopping and they have such an open mind and they don't research ahead of time. And then right after dress shopping, they see all these things pulled up on their Instagram, on their Pinterest. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize there were all these other styles of dresses that I might've been interested in that I didn't try on. So I would say, do your Pinterest homework before you go. And then also care a lot about what bridal shop you choose to shop at. So each bridal shop I've found, even just in Metro Detroit alone, has a different style. So each bridal shop carries different designers. And maybe one is more of like a chic city girl type of vibe. And one might be more, more, geared towards ball gowns. They're more of a ball gown expert. So it just depends. And and I would say, just look up their website, look up their Instagram of the shops themselves and kind of see who you're vibing with. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I don't think I realized that when I was, when I, you know, started becoming a wedding planner, that there are so many designers and types of styles of dresses. And so it kind of makes sense that shops and designers are going to kind of specialize in different kinds of styles. Because again, I think you, you know, when you're doing your research, there are so many options. So it's kind of hard to figure out where to even start. So I think pinning down more what kind, if you want romantic, if you want more fitted, et cetera, would just be helpful too. Yes. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay. So kind of going along with this, there are obviously different styles and designs for dresses. Do you find, you know, because you're a dress designer too, do you feel like you have a certain style? Where do you get your inspiration from for your gowns? I'm just so curious. Thank you for that question. And just to clarify for our listeners here on this podcast that might not already know me, I do a lot of wedding dress alterations and also these custom couture bridal gowns. So it's a, a different service that I offer where I 
completely custom make a gown from start to finish for an individual bride. So those are my favorite projects. They're just the whole shebang with all the gorgeous silk fabrics and everything. They're just beautiful. But yes, I do have a particular style. I really love to design for a very elegant style, Princess Diana, a little bit of a Southern vibe, couture, mid-century Dior, ultra feminine. I am very ultra feminine. I love just very feminine styles and, and elegance. Yeah, I love them. They're just so beautiful. So you guys definitely check her out on Instagram and we'll get all of that in the show notes too and at the end of the show. They're just so romantic, which I love. And so, so fun. I would love for you to talk a little bit about if a bride can't find the right dress or they're just overwhelmed or they might want a couture gown. What is that process like if they're just like, you know, looking around and they're just not finding the one So what is that process like when they're working with you? Yes, absolutely. It's a very extensive process. We're holding each other's hands the whole way through. So couture gowns are great for a bride that really wants, either can't find what they're looking for, they know exactly what they want, they have no idea what they want, and they want someone else to design it for them, or they just want a super quality gown. And overall, it's just a really awesome experience. You're getting more than just the dress. You're getting the whole experience of working with me and having something designed exactly for your body shape and personal style. So the way the process works is first, if you're interested, you can head over to my website and fill out the inquiry form that will lead you to a questionnaire. So I will gather all of the specific information about your wedding, about your style, about you and your fiance, all things like that. And then we'll hop on a phone or a Zoom call and discuss all of the little details and come up with just a very simple draft design to start with. You know, I'm I'm kind of skipping through things here, but we would then do like a mock bodice dress. So I'll make the top out of a inexpensive cotton fabric and we'll do a fitting to see how that fits and buy fabric, do multiple fittings, getting into the details, do the bustle at the end. And then often with a lot of my couture brides, we also do a really big bridal photo shoot right at the end, about a week before the wedding. So that's that's really fun. It's just the cherry on top. I feel like that sounds like so much fun. I mean, I think dress shopping sounds like fun. You know, you go with your, your girls and you have champagne, but I feel like that process, which we've talked about on another episode of like just how nice something fits when it's designed for you you know, if you're short, if you're tall, you know, if there's something you want to hide, whatever, it just accentuates your assets and really highlights what is so awesome about you. And sometimes, you know, people can be self-conscious about things. So like thinking about those things. And I feel like it just sounds so special to have that because like, you're not going to be able to do that. Well, some people get, you know, custom outfits made, but not often. So I feel like this whole process of getting a custom gown made just for you, designed just for you would just be so special. How long does it take? Yeah, I get that that question a lot. It it can vary because the gown is made right here in Michigan, right in the United States. So after we receive fabrics, it can go decently quickly from there. I like a year just like your other dress shopping. But I I did complete one in six months time recently. So it can be a quicker timeline. I do work with my alterations brides a lot more in the summer. And naturally it works out that I do like to do a lot of my custom couture bridal gown work in the winter time when the alterations business is slow. And that works out anyway, because then we get the bulk of it done in the winter and then you typically will get married the next season. So the timing works out great. So about six months to a year is perfect. 
that makes sense because of how intensive it is. And you're not just picking a style, you're picking out fabrics and details and accents and things I don't even know about, which just sounds so much fun. So also just fabrics alone, I average in at least 10 weeks sometimes for the fabrics alone to come in because I'm sourcing from all over the world and we often need to get a couple swatches and go back and forth a little bit. And the more time that I have, the more I can do at fabric shopping in my travels too. So for example, I'm, I am going to Paris in December. So I have a list of things that I need to look for when I'm there. So there's added benefits the more time we have. I mean, that just sounds like so much fun. Also, no, this is what I was going to talk about. The photo shoot. I mean, that just makes so much sense because I feel like that's just another. I don't feel like people do bridal portraits that much anymore. And it's, you know, a tradition of bygone years. But I feel like you spent so much time, you know, into this, designing it, creating it, and then just having another way to celebrate it. Plus, you, you guys wear it more than once. I think this sounds like such a special thing to do. Oh, absolutely. And selfishly, I love getting the photos for myself too, <laughs> as the designer, but it's so much fun for the bride too. We, we do it up. We do the hair and makeup. We get a bouquet and we have the photographer. It's just, it's a blast. It's like this bridal couture party that we're all having together. It's so much fun. So much fun. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, the alterations process, because obviously, you know, you're designing a gown and then you're going to have to alter it maybe a little bit, but then even if you are buying a gown off the rack and they're still putting, you know, putting it together and sewing it for you, there's a whole alterations process. Can you talk a little bit more about what that process is like, what brides should expect? Because I feel like that's also just something that no one ever talks about. Very unknown. Yes. It's, it's, it's something you typically only do one time in your life and it's not a very common thing. So absolutely. I get questions on this all the time. Totally normal to not know how this works. So first I'm going to start off by saying, make sure you either contact or you know the information about your local seamstress that you will be using. So I would say most seamstresses are about like four months on average. They want to start working with you about four months before the wedding. I have a much shorter timeline for multiple reasons. I like to see brides about six weeks before their wedding date. So up nice and close, six weeks is a sweet spot for me. But again, just make sure you you are in contact with your local seamstress and who you will be using so you get that timing right. But yeah, basically how it works is you'll take your dress home from your bridal shop and then you'll have your first fitting and you'll come in and try your dress on and then we'll talk through all the different things that I think your dress needs, but also what your concerns are, what your comfort level is, how you want it to look, how you want it to feel, and we'll make all those decisions together. And then I'll work on all the sewing and then you'll come back for your second fitting. Typically, I only need two fittings, but again, talking with your local seamstress, they might want more. But then after all the sewing work is done and it looks great on you, you can take it home and go get married. Speaking of looking good, today's episode is brought to you by Proven Skincare. I am so excited that Proven is a sponsor of our podcast. A couple of years ago, I started buying expensive skin creams instead of my drugstore face wash and moisturizer because my skin was looking a little rough. Literally, it looked rough on the surface. It never seemed hydrated and I was getting more and more wrinkles, but I had no idea what I needed and felt like I was throwing money away. That's why I love Proven. Proven created a personalized skincare routine that addressed my specific skin and its needs. I filled out a short questionnaire that asked me questions like, where do I live? Does my face feel tight when I get out of the shower? How much time do I spend in front of the screen? Important factors that affected the state of my skin. 
After using Proven's Daily Face Wash, Moisturizer, and Night Cream for only a couple of days, I kid you not, my face was visibly smoother. I couldn't stop looking at my face in the mirror. It was kind of bad. Even my husband saw a difference, and guys, he can't even tell when I cut my hair. Now I'm obsessed with Proven Skincare and tell everyone about it, including you. Whether you're a bride or groom and you want to take extra good care of your skin so you're glowing from the inside out on your wedding day, or you're a regular person like me just trying to reverse the signs of aging, you need to use Proven. Visit ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code DESIREE for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's ProvenSkincare.com and enter the code DESIREE, that's D-E-S-I-R-E-E, to get 20% off your entire purchase at checkout. I wanted to ask you a question. I feel like, I don't know if I read this or I heard it somewhere, but do you find that it's also getting harder and harder or in like just in the industry in general to find people that are seamstresses or tailors or people that can sew? Because I feel like it's a dying art. It's not like people are like, let's go sew. You know, it's not something that people really talk about. You are 100% right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. When I was growing up, when I was a little girl learning how to sew, A lot of my friends' grandmas knew how to sew, but now that I've gotten older, we don't even have that anymore. So it's very rare you even know anybody that knows how to sew, which is really sad. I really dislike that. But yes, there's a huge lack of bridal seamstresses, especially post-COVID. A lot of women retired once there was a huge dip in the industry. So yes, I'm very busy. But you're, you are correct that I really wish more people would would pick up the hobby and see what you can do. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's, I mean, I, the only reason I learned to sew was because I was a dancer and I had to show, sew my point shoes. So I can do, you know, so I'm like self-taught, but I can't do anything with patterns or anything. And my friend, she can sew, she has a sewing machine, so she can sew costumes for her kids for Halloween. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever because people can't do that anymore. So it's just, yeah, so finding a seamstress or someone that can do alterations is definitely very, and plus even with bridal, especially, I think is also even more hard because it's obviously more a specialized thing for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Everything you said. So guys, make sure you can find a good one. I'm sure that the stores probably have people they that they do. recommend, but I think it's also yeah. or the designers, but it's like they're also having challenges because like you mentioned, people are retiring or, you know, they're getting older and it's, it's hard work. I feel like on your hands and your eyes and your back probably. So it's just, (laughs) are you like reading my mind? You're so right. I have to go to a therapist for my hands every so often. So yeah, it's, it's, it is hard work. (laughs) It's hard work, but it's worth it. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the next step. So you've gotten your dress, you've gotten it altered, you know, it's a couple of days or weeks before the wedding, they have it, it's ready. What should they do now? How do they make sure it's in good condition for the, the big day? Any tips you have for bridal gown care? Yes. Oh, so many. So I offer professional steaming services. So if you choose to do that, what you will do is leave your dress, I say, hanging in the bag at home, not laid across the bed, hanging until you get to the final location that you're actually going to put the dress on at. So if you are getting dressed at home, you can take the dress home, get it out of the bag, lay it out, the train down right away. But if you're getting dressed, say at a hotel room, I would assume you're probably getting there the day before the wedding. So get it to the hotel room and let the train down. 
off the hanger and just let it sit that way. And overnight, if there are any wrinkles that happen during transport, then they most likely will just fall right out. But if not, you can just touch it up with a little handheld steamer. If you have a dress that's satin or a Mikado, those are going to wrinkle more. So again, talking with your seamstress just about specific steps for your particular dresses is a good idea. But yeah, and then also destination weddings. That's a whole nother thing. So for me, I can't speak for all seamstresses, but I always ask the destination brides to bring a luggage with you to your last fitting so that I can help you package it up into a luggage. You can bring it around the airport in a garment bag and you can ask you know, the first class seats to put it up in their little coat hanger. But I personally have gone around airports many times with garment bags and it is a pain, especially if you have connecting flights. So I recommend putting it in a, a little duffel bag, a carry-on. Do not check your bag and arrive to the destination. Have a plan for how you're going to have it steamed, whether you drop it off to a dry cleaner, call them ahead of time, or you do it yourself. Just have a plan ready. Oh, that's so such a good point because I didn't even think about if you're traveling with it. I mean, obviously suits, not as hard, but a gown for sure, especially if it's it's a larger gown with multiple layers needs special care for sure. Exactly. Yep. It's a whole process. <laughs> exactly. And obviously, because you spend so much time, because we're big, you guys see on our Instagram stories that we're always steaming everything because it just looks so much better. I mean, you don't see the wrinkles, I think, when you're looking at it. But you know, after you steamed it, you're like, oh my God, there were so many wrinkles and I didn't even realize it because it's just, I don't know if you just stop seeing wrinkles now because we just live that kind of life. You're so right though. Like, I mean, I know now after all my years of experience, but when I first got started in the business, I'm like, this isn't wrinkly. And then you steam it and you're like, oh yeah, this was wrinkly. (laughs) It's funny how that works. Exactly. So I did also want to ask, we talked about preparing the gown, traveling with the gown. What if something terrible happens, like the unthinkable happens, which I can't even imagine what that would be, but I'm sure you've probably heard of stories or seen it happen. As planners, we're always trying to plan for multiple worst case scenarios, but I don't know anything about dresses other than like a button maybe falling off. What tips do you have for our listeners if they have a wedding dress emergency or to prepare them so that if there is an emergency, they are prepared? Absolutely. So I'm going to answer this question in two parts. The first part being, don't make an emergency happen in the first place. Some examples of how to prevent emergencies Before you put your dress on, wash your hands, okay? Have mom wash her hands. Who's ever zipping you into the dress? Wash your hands. (laughs) That's step one. If you're eating anything at all during the day, I guarantee you no one's taking a photo of you while you're eating. And nobody is going to judge you if you hold a napkin up to your chest and a napkin on your lap and just no shame. Do not get any food on your dress. Drink clear liquids the whole day if you can help it, not colored liquids. If you're a bridesmaid at a wedding, please do not bring drinks on the dance floor near the bride. I won't judge you as much if you're bringing a drink on the dance floor, just not near the bride. But okay, so if something does happen, if it's a small little stain, if it's a small little makeup stain, sometimes you just got to evaluate it and just say, you know, if I try fixing it, is, is there a chance it could look worse? Maybe we just let it go. Maybe we just don't worry about it. If there is a stain on a dress that I have time to fix here when it's with me, I do use just a teeny, teeny, tiny drop of dish soap, which you can 
probably find kind of any, any, where your, wherever your venue is, but a little bit of that in some warm water and less is more. And then a hairdryer to dry it. There are like the tied to go pens, things like that. I personally don't use those often, so I can't speak for them too much, but it's probably a good idea to have that in your emergency kit. Some disasters I've heard of is like, say the hook and eye breaks. I personally don't think that's a disaster. Like, is it a sucky thing? Yeah, sure. But your, your dress isn't going to fall off. It's just unfortunate that popped. Usually it's popping when uh, you bend over. So I, I could go on and on. But when you are in your wedding dress on the wedding day, I'm sure you have lots of women around you, women and men, whoever, your bridesmaids. If you drop something on the floor, don't pick it up. Have somebody else pick it up. If you're going to go buckle your shoes, be extremely careful or just like unzip the dress a little bit and then do those buckling the shoe photos, things like that. So just be a, be smart about it. And, you know, like we were talking earlier, unfortunately, there aren't many people that know how to sew. So if a hook and I broke, you know, 20 years ago, chances are somebody in the room knew how to sew. We don't have that luxury as much anymore, but just don't stress about it. I'm sure it will be okay. But again, first and foremost, just be so careful the whole day you're wearing it. I think those are really good suggestions, which I didn't even think about just like having somebody else pick up something for you or, you know, when you're bending over, because obviously you're going to put some stress on the dress depending on how it's fitted. So those are really, really great, great suggestions. We have in our kit wine away. I've never actually had to use it, but it's like a spray bottle. It says wine away. I was at a wedding a long time ago and it was after, you know, all the formalities. It was just the dancing, but someone spilled red wine on the bride. And I was like, no, really? I don't, I don't know. But you know, it was all like in the front of the gown too. So I was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, she was, pictures had been done, but still like, it's just sad. So those are really, really good points. Well, Sarah, this was so much fun. We're going to start to wrap up. But before we do, we have a couple fun things. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't covered on today's episode? I would say a few things. When you're going through the whole process of your wedding dress, so whether it be alterations, a custom couture bridal gown, things like that, I would just say always keep your eyes on the goal of what we're trying to do here. It's easy to get into the thick of things and get lots of opinions from different people. And, you know, wedding planning can be stressful. That can spill over into just the whole dress process and just stick to the goal at hand and stay true to that. And then also just knowing that your wedding day is all about you and your spouse and nobody else. (laughs) So make sure that you prioritize yourselves and focus on that for the entire day and the planning process leading up to it and make all of your decisions with that in mind. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like it's a really delicate balance because you want to make sure your guests have fun, but you don't want to sacrifice your experience because this is about you and your spouse and your relationship and focusing on that. And then I think, again, that'll help put things into perspective if something is an emergency or also just making sure that you guys are making yourselves a priority, which is, I feel like, because you're getting pulled in so many different directions that it often ends up being that you guys end up having to do things that you don't want to do. So I think those are really good points. Okay, so we're going to do a new segment for this season, which we added, which is called Never Have I Ever, Nothing Racy, just kind of fun slash wedding <laughs> But so today's Never Have I Ever question is, never have I ever caught the bouquet? Have you ever caught the bouquet at a wedding? I have not. And I have not even been able to participate much in the bouquet toss because I was the first one to get married out of both sides of our family and out of all of our friend groups. So I I think I only participated in maybe one bouquet toss. 
But it always makes me jealous seeing them at weddings. I'm like, I want to go in there, but I'm already married. <laughs> no, I know. I'm the same way. I think at my wedding, I never, I feel like, because in our friend group, we were like the second summer. So like there was like a whole wave of like, you know, like several couples the first summer they got married. And then we got married in the second summer. So same like with you, like we didn't have, we had, I had more opportunities than you, but I also got married in 2009. I have not done a bouquet toss at any of my weddings dramatic pause as I'm thinking like ever that I can think of like and I started my business in 2017 and although my sister no yeah no I don't think anyone has ever done the bouquet toss which I would be less surprised with the bouquets and the garter that hasn't happened also either at our new weddings but and I think it's like, it's like a fun tradition. Just I just get competitive so I just want to catch it just to yeah. catch it but <laughs> right no one's doing it anymore so. I wouldn't have the hand-eye coordination for it anyway so I know at my wedding, my sister and my husband's sister both caught it at the same time, but then both of them were super polite and they were like, no, you take it. No, you take it. So like, no, I don't <laughs> caught it. We don't so know. that was like the extent of, extent of it. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to do our last segment, which is called this or that wedding fashion edition. So just say what comes to your mind first. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Long veil or short veil? Hard to decide, but I'll say long. Interesting. For bridesmaids, all the same dresses or coordinating dresses? Coordinating, for sure. Agreed. Colored wedding heels or something more like white or ivory heels for the bride? I would say literally whatever you want. Agreed. I love a good colorful heel. I feel like it's like a nice pop. Um, obviously, it depends on your dress. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. People are scared to do it, but I, you know, it's, it's just such an accent. It's, it's small and it's fun. White wedding clutch or a colored wedding clutch? I'd say white. Dress slash outfit change or wear only one dress? I have a hard time deciding, but if I had to pick, wear only one dress. I mean, you spent so much time designing it. I feel like it would be hard to say goodbye to it. All all my work. Exactly. Keep it on. (laughs) Getaway car at the ceremony or a send-off at the end of the night? I would say ceremony because there's probably going to be more people there than at the end of the night. Honeymoon destinations, Caribbean or Europe or Asia? Caribbean. Go relax. Exactly, because the wedding was a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Last question. If you could twitch your nose, like I Dream of Jeannie, which people watching or listening probably don't even know what that show is. If you could twitch your nose and have any magical power or make it do something, what would it be? Oh, I feel so strongly about this one. Remove all body image issues for all women. I love that. Yeah. That's I so wish great. I, could. I like want to cry. <laughs> no, that's so good. I know. I, I see it so constantly and it's so sad because all women are just so beautiful. We're all so different and in our own ways, we're all very beautiful. So, No, I think you're absolutely right. And I feel like, especially with what you're doing with alterations or then the, the custom design process, there's probably so many insecurities that come out and really it's so much bigger in our heads. I hear it all. Oh, Sarah, that was so wonderful. Anyway, (laughs) well, Sarah, it was so lovely talking to you. I really appreciate your time coming on the podcast. Before I let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So my Instagram is at Sarah Colas Designs. That's S-A-R-A-H-K-O-L-I-S Designs. And then my website is sarahcolas.com. So same spelling and my podcast is Dressing Up with Sarah Colas. I love your podcast. It's so much fun. Thank you.
We will make sure to link to all of this in our show notes. So everyone, thank you again to Sarah for joining us today. Sarah from Sarah Colas Designs. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that wraps up today's episode on the custom wedding gown and alteration process. I hope you found my conversation with Sarah both informative and entertaining. If you want to hear more from Sarah, definitely check her out on Instagram and her podcast, Dressing Up. I think she is so sweet and so super talented and passionate about her work, which is obviously comes through. If you have any follow-up questions for Sarah or me, drop it in your review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also leave a voicemail on our wedding planning hotline with any of your questions at 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. And I actually had someone leave a voicemail and say she didn't know what the wedding planning hotline was for, which is for you guys. It's for you guys to leave me a voicemail if you have any questions or concerns or you just need to talk to somebody. So leave us your messages and we will play them on a future episode if you want or keep it anonymous. And yeah, I just want another way to connect with you guys. We will be answering your questions on a future episode this season. It's in like a couple episodes. So make sure you send in your questions either on the hotline or via email, or you can send me a question on Instagram. Again, I'm always happy to keep you anonymous if you don't want your information shared. So don't be afraid to call in. That brings us to today's review of the week. Today's review is from EJ27, who is from Spotify. EJ27 writes, five stars, loved hearing about this practical and important topic. Thank you so much, EJ27, for leaving that review. So her review was in response to episode 118, Kasi Mistakes to Avoid in Your Wedding Vendor Contracts with Rebecca Carter. This is a very important episode that I wanted to do for you guys, for both my wedding vendors that are listening out there and my engaged couples, because contracts are tricky and you definitely need to read the fine print. So I was so glad to have Becky on the show. Lovers, I would appreciate it so much if you could be like EJ27 and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you don't know what to leave, let me know where you are living with some emojis, some champagne glasses, or an icon that shows where you're listening from or where you're getting married. Is it a beach? Is it in the mountains? Is it in the forest? Whatever. Or you can also leave a question for our Never Have I Ever segment, or you can answer today's question of the day, which was submitted by Claire, who asked, how do you split up the cost of the wedding if both sets of parents are helping pay for it? I would love for all of you lovers listening out there to weigh in on this topic in your reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. As far as how our couples at Verve Event Co. go, we see many different combinations for how to pay for the wedding. Some of our couples have saved enough money and are paying for the wedding entirely by themselves. Others have the bride's parents paying for most items while the groom's parents pay for a few big ticket items like the band and flowers. Others split it down the middle 50-50. And for our same-sex couples, we mostly see both of them paying for all of it. But again, it really depends on each couple and each person's situation. The important thing is that you have are having these conversations with whoever is helping pay for the wedding up front early on, not as you go down the line, because you're definitely going to run into some problems with that. And we talked about this on a past episode, which was, I think it was commonly asked questions about your wedding or something. I'll link to it in the show notes. That wraps up today's episode. Coming up on the podcast, we are talking helpful ways to actually find your wedding vendors 
wedding drama questions answered, wedding trends for 2024, prenups. I know, I'm excited about that one. Wedding fitness and so much more. If you have a question you want me to answer in our upcoming listener questions episode, make sure you send it to us in the wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467 or DM me on Instagram. You can also email it to me at asktheplannerpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's asktheplannerpodcast at gmail.com. All questions will be anonymous unless you want me to give you a shout out. Happy to do either of those. Thank you again, lovers, for letting me into your life and your earbuds while you're at the gym or on your commute to work. I love being with you. I love that you are binging our episodes when you get engaged. I hear so much feedback from you guys. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 